Hello, welcome to another week of NMEX online worship service. Whether you are part of our faith family or someone shared with you this link, we are so glad that you are joining us. November is our missions festival month, and today you will get to hear from another one of our mission partners. As we begin, our worship leader will lead us in singing Facing a Task Unfinished. For those of you who know the song, let us join her in singing as a way to prepare our hearts not only to worship God, but also to listen to what He wants to say to us today.
this year our church theme is I hope that you still haven't forgotten renewed hearts transformed lives throughout the year we have talked about transforming our character how do we transform our identity our behavior our mindset our relationships our ministry and starting three Sundays ago we started with transforming our mission last week our focus is on local missions as our church starts planting churches in the provinces. God willing, by next year, we will be able to start a church in Sitio Kogon in Biri Island, Northern Samar, where presently there is not a single existing Christian church. And that will be our focus going forward, those who have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Reverend Julius and his team of pastors and volunteers will be doing the groundwork for this church, hopefully by the summer of 2021. Join us in praying for this new church plant among the Warais. Today, our mission's focus will be on reaching out to the poor. Why do we do urban poor ministry? Why do we support organizations that are ministering to the poor? Later, you will see how missions among the poor can help bring life transformation, not only in families, in communities, but in the nation as a whole. You will hear the story of Bless, a girl from a poor family in Bacolod, whose life was completely changed by the ministry of ICM. And at the end of the video, don't miss the song number by the ICM Virtual Choir. What is ICM? Let's watch this. From believing in love to spreading love, International Care Ministries, or ICM, is a Filipino organization that has reached nearly 2 million Filipinos during the COVID-19 crisis. In just three months, ICM was able to deliver 10 million meals to at-risk families in the Visayas and Mindanao. The group credits their efficient and fast response to over two decades worth of experience and a business approach to fighting poverty. ICM's normal programs have been paused uh, because of the virus. We've shifted from our uh, more comprehensive development programs into a more crisis relief oriented program. But that doesn't mean that we've slowed down what we're, what we're doing at all. Established in 1992, ICM has been changing countless lives through their livelihood programs, including Transform, a four-month anti-poverty training program that has equipped over 1.4 million Filipinos with practical skills, health training, and values formation. Now, even with their normal operations on hold due to the pandemic, ICM has used its experience in network to reach large parts of the country, which shows that with the right strategy and the right resources, love and hope can be spread far and wide. Ria Tanwat Cotrillo, CNN Philippines. ICM, or International Care Ministries, is a non-profit organization that is focused on finding and helping the ultra-poor, meaning the poorest of the poor. And they would define ultra-poor as those who are living on less than 25 pesos a day. They would empower these people and inspire them to hope again by helping them start livelihood projects, plant gardens and vegetables, and improve their health and hygiene, and invest in their children's education. 
ICM has transformed the lives of more than 1 million Filipinos since they started in 1992. Presently, they are ministering mostly in the ultra-poor communities in the Visayas and in Mindanao. What sets ICM apart from other charity organizations is the word transform. ICM does not just give dole outs, they would partner with local pastors and local churches that are ministering in the ultra-poor communities. The pastors are trained and equipped to, in turn, train and equip the poorest families in their community on how to start a simple home-based livelihood, on how to manage their money, lessons on health practices, parenting, and giving scholarships to deserving kids who cannot afford to go to school. One of those whose family was transformed by ICM is that of Bless from Negros Occidental. Let us hear her story. ICM has transformed our lives, and I'm one example of that. When I was just 13, I came to Hong Kong for the very first time with the ICM choir. Since then, my life has completely changed. And I grew up in Bukalad in the Philippines in a remote community where we could be evicted at any time. I'm the youngest of seven children. My father died before I was born from cardiac arrest and so I never met him. But I know that he was a loving and hardworking man. It was hard for my mother to raise seven kids alone. When she was pregnant with me, people in our village told her that she should just abort me because I would only be a burden to the family. But she said, no. God gave me this baby as a blessing, and that's why they named me Bless. So when I joined the ICM Choir in 2009, I got a scholarship for high school. And then I graduated from college in 2016 and moved to Hong Kong to work with ICM. I was the first one in my whole family to graduate from college, and that gave my family hope. I have 15 nephews and nieces in elementary school, high school, and now even in college. I'm helping to support their education. So who would have thought that the youngest child would be the one to help the whole family? Hope inspires change. And without it, we are lost. But when hope shines through, that's when we can truly live. And I'm just one person who experienced hope. There are hundreds of thousands of people whose lives have changed because of you. Because of you and your giving, the gospel of Jesus Christ now brings hope to the ultra poor, a hope that transforms and creates a powerful and lasting change in the lives of people. Last year, we helped ICM raise nearly half a million pesos, the amount of which was matched by a foreign donor who doubled the amount that we raised. This year, because of the pandemic, some of their partner pastors and churches in the ultra-poor communities were greatly affected. In fact, one of those pastors died a few months ago. So they need our help now more than ever. You know, when I look back through all my sermons these past 13 years, I was surprised, somewhat ashamed to realize that I had never done a single message on this topic. We have been ministering to the poor through the years, 
thanks to your generosity, but I've never spoken exclusively on this topic on God's heart for the poor and why we should also have a heart for the poor. I've mentioned it a few times, but never spoken exclusively about this. You may ask, why should we care about the poor? Why should we have a heart for them? Many times we come up with excuses and reasoning not to help. These people are just too lazy to work. They are probably part of a syndicate or they are probably on drugs. They are abusive. They take advantage of people. What if they are thieves? They have brought poverty upon themselves because of the bad choices that they have made in their lives. Listen, our responsibility is not to render judgment on how they become poor or why they are there. Our responsibility is to look at them through the eyes of compassion because that's the heart of God and that's the gospel that we believe in. Today, let me give you four reasons why we should have a heart for the poor. First, because God has a heart for the poor. God cares for them. How do we know? It's all over the Bible. Let me show you some verses. Psalm 140 verse 12. I know that the Lord secures justice for the poor and upholds the cause of the needy. Isaiah 41.17 The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. Jeremiah 22.16 He defended the cause of the poor and the needy, and so all went well. James 1.27 This is the religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. Deuteronomy 15, verse 7, If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. These are only some of the verses. In fact, there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that talks about the poor. Yes, there are over 2,000 verses that show God's heart for the poor, for the orphans, for the widows. Someone once said that the Bible is a transcript of the heart of God then if that is the case, then we know that this is something that is important, that is so close to the heart of God. And we cannot claim to have God's heart and do nothing for the poor. If you have the heart of God, then you should show your concern for them. You know, God is so concerned about the poor and the migrants that when He established the laws of the na nation of Israel, he provided a means to provide for them. In Leviticus chapter 19, he commanded his people, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of the field or gather the gleanings, gleanings meaning 
the leftovers of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. God made sure that His people didn't harvest all the way to the edges of the field because those crops, those grains, those harvests at the edge of the fields would be provisions for the poor just in case they would come. And this is God's welfare program. Remember, they don't have pension or SSS back then. They don't have DSWD or food kitchens or charitable organizations like ICM. So there's absolutely no means for the poor, especially the widows and the orphans and the migrants who have no jobs to obtain food. And notice, God's welfare program is not some sort of just handing dollouts. It aims to empower the poor and not for them to become dependent. If the poor wants to eat, they have to go to the edges of the fields and work. Many of our welfare programs and charitable organizations today promote dependency instead of self-reliance. They reward systemic and long-term laziness that enslave the poor even more. And that's why I believe in the vision of ICM, to empower the pastors in ultra-poor communities to empower their members through livelihood, through planting of vegetables and crops, and through education. That's the pattern that God teaches us. God says, Israel, leave margins in your fields for the poor to come and work if they want to eat. Now, how does this apply to our situation today? I believe God wants us to leave margins in our budget to spontaneously give to the poor when there is a need. You should set aside something that when you see a need out there, you can help. And that's God's heart for the poor. God identifies with them so much in the deepest way. So should we as his followers. Second reason why we should have a heart for the poor, it's because every human being is valuable and precious in God's sight. Proverbs 22 verse 2 tells us, The rich and poor have this in common. The Lord made them both. You see, nobody is better than anybody else. You may have more in life by the grace of God, but God made that other person who has less as well. And because of that, we have a responsibility towards them. Proverbs 14.31 reminds us, Whoever oppresses the poor insults their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. You see, every human being is made in the image of God. Therefore, we should treat everybody with dignity and respect. Not only people who are just like us, who are of the same social status, but most especially people who are in need because they most need to know that they matter. They are the ones who most need to know that there is a God who cares for them. 
You know the first words that Jesus spoke when he started his ministry is this. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He starts with the poor because it is central to his ministry. In the early church, we can also see the importance of the ministry to the poor. When the church leaders met, this is what they concluded. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor. This was written in Galatians. Yes, get out there to preach the gospel. But don't forget the poor. Why? Because if you forget the poor, something has been lost in your preaching of the gospel. We often see the phrase, sana all, in social media today. Literally, the phrase means, I hope all, or I hope everyone, I wish all, or I wish everyone would have this. Sana all is an expression you say, if you want something that another person has. I believe that no one should say sana all when it comes to the gospel because it is originally intended for all. And that's the beauty of the gospel. It includes everyone. It is for the poor just as much as it is for the rich. It should be for the educated just as much as it is for the illiterate. We should never forget the inclusivity of the gospel as we preach it. We should never lose sight of our responsibility to the poor, both as individual believers and as a church. We often have this wrong idea that just because you give a few pesos to the beggar on the street, then you have cared for the poor. This is not about the money. When God is calling us to do is not just to write out a check, although that is important because it takes money to help people, but it is not just the writing of the check, but the extending of compassion to engage the poor as human beings. The poor need money. There's no question about that. But more than money, they need to know that they have value that they are not just another beggar in the street, but they are a person whom Christ died for. When we honor the poor, it's like we are honoring God. The third reason why we should care for the poor is because it is actually more for you, for your sake, than for them. God wants you to help the poor, not just for their sake, but it is more for you. The way we treat the poor determines how God treats us. If we are generous, God will be generous with us. But if we hold back, then God will also hold back. I don't have to explain this. I just want to read these verses to you. Proverbs 28, verse 27. Those who give to the poor and lack will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them will be cursed. Proverbs 21 verse 13 says, Whoever closes their eyes to the Christ, whoever closes their ears to the Christ of the poor, 
will himself cry out and not be answered. In another version, it says, they will be ignored in their own time of need. Psalm 41 verse 1, Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor! The Lord rescues them when they are in need. Proverbs 19 verse 17, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and He will reward them for what they have done. Proverbs 22 verse 9, Blessed are those who are generous, for they share their food with the poor. You see, God can only bless you when you are a blessing to others. When you are generous to the poor, God takes note and He will be generous to you. It is a cycle. What you gave, God blesses you in return, multiple fold. You know, I personally experienced this in my early years of helping the delinquent youths and street children. I would often find myself giving out more money than I was earning that particular year. Meaning when I calculated all the money that I gave out throughout the year, it was always more than my income for the whole year in terms of salary, love gifts, etc. And I would scratch my head trying to figure out where all those excess money came from. But up till this day, I still don't have the answer. All I know is that the more I gave, the more I have in return. It is tried and tested because that's what God promises us. You can never outgive what God can give you back. Last reason why we should have a heart for the poor is because once we ourselves were poor and God graciously gave to us. You know, if you really understood God's grace and if you really knew what Christ has done for you on the cross, then when you see others in need, you will try to meet their needs as well. This is the basis of Christian compassion that we, of all people who have experienced the grace of God in an extravagant manner, that we should be transformed by that grace. Jesus, who is rich, for our sake became poor. He gave everything to meet our needs. In the truest sense, we are all utterly poor apart from Christ. All of us are spiritual beggars. But God, through His grace, took us in and adopted us as His own. And now we are children of His kingdom. We had nothing, but now we have everything. When you truly understood what He has done for you at the cross, then caring for the poor becomes an automatic response out of your gratitude towards God. If you see the cross and understood how much God gave up for you, how can our lives not be marked by compassion for the poor? Take note, Jesus is not saying, if you want to be saved, go help the poor. What Jesus is saying is, if you are saved, then you should be helping the poor. Helping the poor is a fruit. It is an outcome, a result of your salvation by grace through faith alone. Now, if Jesus loves us so much that He gave us everything, then you would say, I got to love other people 
the same way. God's heart, His mercy, His grace in us should change us and transform the way we view, we view others, especially the poor. And that is the basis of Christian generosity. If you are not generous, then probably you don't understand the gospel. You don't understand the poverty that you once had. You don't understand the enormity of the gift that was given to you. Because when you truly understood the gospel, then it would radically change your attitude towards the less privileged. The scriptures tells us that the more we grow in Christ, the less we should spend on ourselves. The more we grow in Christ, the more we should be concerned about the needs of others. So are you growing in Christ? Or do your life, or does your life show the opposite of that which is important to God? Reality is, no matter what we say or sing every Sunday in our worship services, if we are not caring for the poor, then the Bible says we are not people of God. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18 tells us, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. When you see the people around you suffering and hurting and did nothing, then it means that God has also done nothing in your life. For when love for God is a reality in your heart, then love towards others becomes a supernatural outflow of what God has done in your heart. This is gospel-driven mercy for the poor, not guilt-driven mercy, but gospel-driven mercy. In the 1830s, Scottish pastor and preacher Robert Murray McShane gave this sermon. I will read to you parts of the sermon, and I quote, Now, dear Christians, some of you pray night and day to be made branches of the true vine. You pray to be made in the image of Christ. If so, you must be like him in giving. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. Objection! My money is my own. Answer. Christ might have said, My blood is my own. My life is my own. No man forced it from me. Then where should we have been? Objection. The poor are undeserving. Answer. Christ might have said the same thing. They are undeserving. They are wicked rebels against my father's law. Shall I lay down my life for them? I will give to the good angels instead. But no, he gave his blood for the undeserving. Objection! The poor may abuse it. Answer! Christ might have said the same. Yes, with far greater truth. Christ knew that thousands would trample his blood under their feet, that most would despise it, that many would make it an excuse for sinning even more. Yet, he gave his own blood. Oh, my dear Christians, if you would be like Christ, then give much. Give often. Give freely. 
to the wicked and to the poor, to the thankless and to the undeserving. Christ is glorious and happy, and so will you be. It is not your money that I want, but your happiness. Remember his own word, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Brothers and sisters, there is no excuse for us not to show our concern for the poor, not to have God's heart for them. Our response song today, Waiting for This Moment, will be rendered to us by the ICM Choir. The children you will see in the video are some of those that ICM is sending to school. And the families that you will see are some of those that are part of their transform program. The song written and composed and sung by the ICM Director for Marketing and Communications, Sister Lois, is a tribute to all of you, generous partners of ICM and of our NMEC mission team in reaching out to the poorest of the poor in our country. As the song is being played, I want you to reflect on the message today, and most importantly, may we respond. Time I knew that change had 
Hope inspires change. What you are giving is making dreams come true. It is not only giving them an opportunity in society, but also an opportunity to be part of the family of God. Brothers and sisters, there's a whole world out there. In fact, half or more than half of all the people on this planet, that's more than 4 billion people who are living on less than 100 pesos a day. And every day, there are 16,000 children who will breathe their last because no one gave them food or the medicine that they need. Many of our homes have an average bathroom size that is probably bigger than the slums where whole families would live. I say these realities not to make you feel bad or to make you feel guilty, but I want you to see that once you were spiritually poor and there was nothing in you to draw anyone to you, but Christ came and pursued you. We are motivated to care for the poor because of the gospel, because we have a God who sent His only Son to become poor so that we might become rich. And so it begs the question, are we a visible demonstration of the God who cares for the poor and who loves the outcast? As people look at our lives individually and as a faith family, do they walk away saying, God has great care and compassion for the poor because these Christ followers have great care for the poor. Shall we pray? Father, we acknowledge you as being a God not only of the rich, but you are also the God of the poor. You identify with them and they are close to your heart. Because it is your desire that all people, regardless of race, social or financial status, to come to a saving knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that your gospel will grip our hearts. This is not something that we will ourselves to do. It must flow from hearts that love you and that love people who have been made in your image. As we are reminded that we are recipients of your extravagant grace, May we, out of gratitude, extend that grace to those who are around us. For when love for God is a reality in our heart, then love towards others is but a supernatural overflow of what you have done in our lives. We pray for the church that we may live into the calling that which you have called us, to be salt and light to the people around us, to be your hands and feet to minister to those in need, to be a community that cares deeply for one another, cares deeply about one's and one another's hurts, that sacrifices on behalf of one another so that the whole body of Christ is built up and cared for. And may that be part of our testimony that when people looked at us, looked at our church, then they would see you through our love for those who are less privileged. Father, we pray for those in our faith family who are struggling financially to be strengthened in their reliance upon you. We pray for the poor in our city, in our nation, to look to you as their ever-present help. We pray for the role that we all have to play in assisting them and sharing the gospel with those in need. Father, may we reflect to people outside how much you love the poor 
and how much you care for them. This is our prayer. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Now, here are some ideas or action points to help you or to encourage you to do this week so that you can serve the poor. First, we all know the devastation from Typhoon Rolly upon the people in Bicol. We are partnering with UEC Legaspi in reaching out to these victims of the typhoon. If you wish to give to our Calamity Fund for this purpose, you may send your donations to NMEX Security Bank account that will be seen at the screen or will be posted at our Facebook page. Kindly inform Pastor Jin Chan or send her a copy of your deposit slip or fund transfer confirmation so for us to know that the deposit is for this purpose. May we apply what we have heard today and be a blessing to our kababayans in need. The deadline for giving to our calamity fund is on November 30. Now, if you wish to support our partner missionaries and partner organizations like ICM or to donate to our church's mission fund, kindly check out our Facebook page as to how you can give. Please kindly inform me if a deposit is specifically made for this purpose. You can also donate to other trustworthy Christian organizations like Compassion International, YWAM, CCT, or World Vision. Third, you can show love to a widow or an orphan that you know, or you can also help out in a homeless shelter or a foundation like CCT. You can also set aside clothes, blankets, and toys to be donated to services that will give them away. You can also babysit for a single mom that you know or take time to listen to those in need. There are a lot of ways for you to serve the poor this week. So I hope that you won't just listen to the message, but you would do something about it. Here are some other announcements. First, please pray for us as we are currently studying ways how we can best safely resume our physical church services and when it is the right time to do so. We will keep you posted concerning this in the coming weeks. Please set aside November 26, Thursday, that's Thanksgiving Day. We'll be having a church-wide Thanksgiving prayer meeting at 8 p.m. via Zoom. We'll send out a Zoom link this week. If you have family members, relatives, and friends who are currently going through some mental, emotional, and psychological issues, you can help them by referring them to our Joyful Hope Counseling Ministry. To schedule a counseling session, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash hope for more details. For our parents who are watching, if you want your children to be part of our kids' worship Zoom Sunday school classes for 4 to 12 years old, Please register at our Facebook page. Check out the NMEC Kids Worship on Facebook for details and updates. If your children are in their teenage years, we hope that you can encourage them to join our Engage Youth Fellowship on Saturdays 
If you yourself are in high school or in college, please connect with Pastors Danny and Jaya for more details. Now, if you want to be part of a discipleship group or a small group, contact any of the pastoral team members and we will connect you with a group. If you have prayer concerns, you can also call or text us and we will be glad to pray with you. Now, if you have friends or relatives who would prefer to tune in to our Mandarin worship services and Mandarin prayer meeting, then check out the Zoom link on our Facebook page or Viber group. Our NMEC Metro North mission will be relocating to a bigger worship venue in Malabon. Watch out for this this coming December. I want to say a big thank you to all our co-workers who helped make our online worship every Sunday possible. To everyone who is serving, volunteering, giving, and praying for the church, I also want to express my gratitude. If you wish to participate in serving and in giving to a God's kingdom work through us, just check out our Facebook page, New Millennium Evangelical Church, for more details. Lastly, we encourage you to follow our Facebook page, share our posts with your friends, and also to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for worshiping with us. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face continue to shine upon you, and may He be gracious to you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the encouragement and comfort of the Holy Spirit be upon us all. Hope to see you soon. Remember, the best is yet to come.